Okay, well, they're saying Top Gun is drawing more older fans to theaters. I could kind of understand that in a couple ways. Top Gun Maverick turned in one of the strongest second-week performances ever in the domestic box office and a sign that the broad, casual audiences of pre-pandemic times may be returning to theaters. The sequel to that 1986 classic featuring Tom Cruise as a veteran fighter pilot raked in an estimated $86 million in the U.S. and Canada this weekend following a record-breaking debut over the preceding Memorial Day weekend with $156 million. The figures unusually strong for the second weekend of a high-grossing film, suggesting that a swath of moviegoers is returning the, to the theaters following a two-year drought caused by the pandemic. I think the numbers might also show, though, that people are going to be specific What about what they're going to go see. They're not just going yeah. to the movie to go to the movies type of thing. And Hollywood hates that. Yeah, they do, because <laughs> they got to be on target with what they present. Other COVID-era theater releases have shown that younger audiences will return to cinemas in droves. The blockbuster superhero film Spider-Man No Way Home set records in December, but a good showing by the Top Gun sequel is particularly noteworthy because it's been driven by older viewers. A group distribution executive said it has been one of the trickiest to lure back to the cinemas following the COVID-19 pandemic and one that's key to getting the industry back to pre-COVID levels. Maybe Top Gun is going to open the floodgates for them. Maybe so. More than half of the uh, buyers of Top Gun tickets were over the age of 35 for the second weekend in a row. Nostalgia may be one draw. The movie involves a 36-year-old franchise and a 59-year-old movie star. (laughs) Okay. I was sitting there thinking that. I wonder how old (laughs) Tom Cruise is. He's 59. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Analysts are closely watching each other's movie ticket sales to gauge the strength of the industry's recovery. U.S. box office receipts have long been one of the most important indicators of the health of the movie industry globally, logging around $11 billion annually in the years leading up to the pandemic, according to Comscore data. That figure plummeted to about $2.3 billion in 2020 as COVID drove people out of public spaces and onto services where they could stream movies at home. Now the number is uh, getting close to 5,000, they're saying. Movie ticket sales in the U.S. and Canada have reached an estimated $2.9 billion. Yeah, people's wanting to get out, but now they got to worry about popcorn once they get there. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. Well, let's uh, take a look at the phone lines here. Mike Frericks, is that you? That is. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, CW. How are you? Good morning. I am wonderful. I, I tell you, I can't can't complain. My daughter's doing well. My parents are healthy. I've got a job I love and just recently got married. I saw good. that in the paper. Yes. And I saw that Judge McCoskey did the honors. Yeah, he was a federal judge here in Champaign for 16 years, and I got to know him in that time. He uh, he swore me in for my second inauguration. Uh, Rita Garman did my first one. Okay. Well, that's uh, yes. that's pretty cool. How Congratulations. Are, yeah. How are things going with the missus? Are you going to spend a lot more time here in Springfield, or what are you thinking? Uh, you know, we split our time between Champaign and Chicago, mm-hmm. and 
I have an apartment in Springfield. I like to tell people when they ask where I live, I said, it feels like I live out of my car. <laughs> I'll bet it does. <laughs> Illinois is a big state. And if you want to get around and see your constituents um, and you don't uh, have a billion dollars in your own plane, you're going to spend a lot of time in the car. Well, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker seems pretty happy with the way the uh, election is going so far. He uh, uh, seems to be kind of uh, pushing uh, the Republican candidate at this point. Well, I, I don't think he wants to push the Democratic candidate. <laughs> well, which, uh, it sure looks that <laughs> way to us. Before, <laughs> before, uh, before he decided to run as a, as a Republican, uh, I think Mr. Turbin had been a fairly clear uh, supporter of Democrats. And that's a big question that uh, can money uh, convince people to vote for someone that probably they wouldn't agree with on a lot of other issues. Uh, you know, and Governor Pritzker's got uh, time to do various things, and he doesn't have much of a race himself, so maybe he just uh, likes getting involved in campaigns. Do you think he's just bored? He's just looking around, and he's just manipulating people and moving them around just to, just to have something to do? Nah, I, I don't <laughs> think so, but I think he sees, he sees what Ken Griffin is doing and uh, trying to purchase a slate of candidates on the Republican side. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes in politics, uh, strange bedfellows. Yeah. I think there are a lot of real conservatives out there who are uh, understandably concerned about Richard Irvin's past. Um, he won't answer simple questions about President Trump, about his position on abortion, and that has a lot of them concerned. And I think he's doing this because he's trying to come back to the left in the general election. And I think the governor um, you know, doesn't want to run against that. Well, our general, our uh, folks from uh, Xenia, Illinois, pretty proud of their guy. And he doesn't seem to have any traction in the Chicago area, but he seems pretty popular here in downstate Illinois. Uh, I can tell you when I go to Gifford, Illinois, uh, my hometown, I see <laughs> yeah. a lot of Darren Bailey signs. Yeah. I know he came through there at the German Fall Festival building and had a large crowd. You know, I think he's someone from downstate who relates to the downstate, but folks in Chicago uh, may not have the same affinity that people who grew up in farming country do. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. What, uh, what else is going on statewide, Mr. Treasurer? Well, we're excited in our office. We uh, somewhat recently passed a million claims paid out since taking office. So that's uh, approaching a billion and a half dollars. Um, and to put that into context, uh, before I came into office, the treasurer's office had paid out half a million claims. So for all the treasurers who were in charge before me had paid out half a million claims. We paid out a million. And that happened because we worked in a bipartisan manner to change state law to make it easier for people to get their own money and we made changes in technology to simplify this and make it less burdensome you mean you added computers or what uh... <laughs> well we we acknowledge <laughs> the computers have been around for a while okay and didn't make everyone uh, go find old copies of their uh, power bills or leases and mail them to us uh, you know, it's, it's easier for people to electronically upload documents or for us to do Internet searches to verify that they live there. Uh, easier for them, but also easier for us. It cut back. We had two people whose job it was just to open mail, take it out, 
put it in file folders, and then put it into cabinets that later someone else would pick out and uh, verify the authenticity of. And too often, it'd be missing a document or so, and then a letter would be sent back and say, can you send some new information to us? And then it would go back into a file and back to the end of the line. That's a process that could take weeks and weeks, and people just gave up. Tur turns out if you make it easier for people to claim their money, more people will actually do it. <laughs> well, that does make a lot of sense, and uh, it, there's no doubt of the success of the programs over there. Well, it's, uh, it's something I understand, because I remember when I was running for treasurer, I stopped by a treasurer's office booth, and uh, they did a search for me. They told me I had money. I said, great, let me claim it. And they said, here's a piece of paper. Go to this website. And at that website, uh, download this form. Fill it out. Get it notarized. Send in supporting documentation. And then we'll mail you a check. Hmm. And all of those steps, that process, I said, eh, the 25 bucks isn't worth it. <laughs> but that $25 doesn't belong to the state. It belongs to our constituents. And I said, well, what can we do to make it easier for people? And I think the one that I like best is we had this idea that, hey, we just need to know someone's Social Security number and their address, and they have to verify they live there. In many cases, people do that every year to the state. You know, when you send in your income taxes, you verify, you swear that you live at that address, that's your Social Security number. They were already given that information to the state. But it wasn't coming to our office. I had to go to the General Assembly and ask permission for the Department of Revenue to share that information with another government agency mm. in order to make it easier to return money. And, uh, and that's helped get a lot of those smaller claims off of our books. We're a couple months from State Fair time, Treasurer. Uh, what kind of things are you doing to prepare for the State Fair this year? Love the State Fair, and for a brief, so it's one of the things we do there is we give out our Cream of the Crop Photo Contest awardees. We've done this for 10 years now. It's our 10-year anniversary, and there is still time. If someone listening out there is a person who's 8 or 18 or has a child or grandchild who likes photography, we encourage them to go out and take pictures of what modern agriculture means to them today. You know, Dave, you've been around agriculture for like a couple of years. Now, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've probably seen a few changes in that time. Yeah, sure have. We want, we want, there's, still, there's still textbooks. There are still TV shows and movies that predict or that, uh, paint a picture of agriculture that is different than what it is today. But we find when young people go out onto the farms, they go out into the fields, and they see what it's like today, we open their eyes to new possibilities. And we think if we get young people looking at agriculture, exploring modern farms, hopefully some of them will become inspired and pursue new careers. So we, uh, we want to showcase their talent, but also incentivize young people to look at agriculture in a new light. All right. So just some of the things coming up at State Fair this year. Mike Frerichs, we thank you for your time this morning. We sure appreciate you. Well, hey, thank you both. And uh, if any of your listeners are interested in the Cream of the Crop Photo Contest, they can go to illinoistreasurer.gov to find more information. Encourage your young people, the deadline is June 22nd, so it is rapidly approaching. Sure is, isn't it? All right. State Treasurer Mike Frerichs, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you both. Have a great morning. Okay, you too. You too.